Welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. We continue your crossover week on this Wednesday, May 6th. Rocking with you on a Wednesday. It's going to be a crossover episode between Locked On On Steelers and Locked On Redskins with their host, Chris Russell. We first talk, take on with me asking Chris Russell about the Redskins, asking about some of their new additions, their quarterback situation. They've got Ron Rivera. Maybe they're the destination for Cam Newton. That's a lot to talk about. Then he flips it on me, asking me what I think about a lot of situations with the Steelers. We talk about Ben Roethlisberger, Juju Smith-Schuster, how the defense looks, and why I'm very confident in the defense moving forward. And finally, we talk about some interesting matchups, including how Chase Young might pair with their pass rushing situation, as well as how their secondary that includes former Steelers Sean Davis and Landon Collins, a former top pick for the New York Giants at the safety position, and how maybe the Steelers got something up their sleeves to handle both of them. Let's get into it. All right, we are rocking with you on a Wednesday. I'm Chris Carter of the Locked On Steelers podcast here with Chris Russell of the Locked On Redskins podcast, continuing our NFC East, AFC North crossover week. Chris, how you doing today, my man? Hey, Chris, thanks for having me, man. I like your uh, first name a whole lot. And, uh, you know, I mean, it kind of kind of matches with somebody else I know. So we'll get through this together. Thanks for having me. Thanks for doing this. Looking forward uh, to this chat. Redskins and Steelers don't get together very often, but plenty of common bonds, uh, no doubt about it. And, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of interesting bonds there. Let's talk. I wanted to talk to, to you first. So I'm going to ask you some questions here. Let's lead off with the big change this season. How's Ron Rivera been working? You know, what's the vibe in the city right now or with the team with how how he's implementing everything going on? Because, you know, you had Jay Gruden for so long and, uh, you know, and Washington's just kind of been just mulling over and, and not being able to take their best shot at things. You got Dwayne Haskins. How do you feel about how he's moving forward, especially bringing in a guy like Kyle Allen uh, right from his old team? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to unpack here, but I, I'll just say this, Chris. You know, the the continuity, the structure, the culture that the Pittsburgh Steelers, for the most part, have always had has never been here in Washington for the last 25-plus years. Uh, 21 under owner Dan Snyder, the last 10 uh, seasons under Bruce Allen, who was largely incompetent. Uh, as the top-level executive running the day-to-day operation. So Ron Rivera's first charge, quite honestly, has been to set a, a, a way of doing things that is sustainable and building that culture with a little bit of a military background, a little bit of a defensive, steel-minded, or you know, tough, kind of gritty, um, no nonsense, but doing it in a nice sort of way, kind of like how Mike Tomlin does it. Uh, obviously, there are differences, but that has been his biggest charge. And I think when you do that, Chris, you don't get like a lot of that passion from the fan base. Now, fans are hopeful. Fans are interested a little bit. But I would say they are far, far, far from excited because there's so many doubts, so many reservations. They've been down this road so many times, and they're just going to have to see it before they believe it. What's the vibe or what's the feeling that people are having right now with Dwayne Haskins? Because, you know, he didn't have, he didn't have a great start, uh, but, you know, he I think he was two and five last year as a starter. Um 
And you look at the you look at how he came in, and then there there was the clip that was all over the national shows of at the end of the game he was like celebrating with fans and yeah, take a knee. What's going on there? Well, um, you know, much like the Redskins' sordid past, you know, that's a little bit of what you have a microcosm of what you have with Dwayne Haskins through a year now of being with the Washington Redskins. So uh, long story and short, big picture into a small one. Uh, You know, the former administration, the former head coach, the former offensive coordinator, they didn't want him and they're gone. So, okay, you say, well, the new staff, they're going to hire somebody that does want him. Well, the problem is, is they hired someone who is revered around the NFL for doing all the things that I just explained that Ron Rivera was charged to, to, to do here, which was to build a culture of sustainability and accountability and all that, but to not also be told what he had to do with the roster by Dan Snyder or anybody else. So Ron Rivera has his own idea, and I think he likes Dwayne. I think he likes the potential and the talent I just don't think he loves Dwayne and the high end uh, and the ability to get to a high end spot, you know, which a Ben Roethlisberger, uh, you know, clearly with flaws has been able to get to for the Pittsburgh Steelers over his career and others. Um, So I would say this, you know, there are work ethic issues about Dwayne Haskins. There are maturity issues about Dwayne Haskins and Ron Rivera knows about him because the guy that's his right-hand man, essentially his general manager, is Kyle Smith. He's the vice president of player personnel. Um, NFL fans, Steelers fans might remember the name A.J. Smith, the longtime Charger general manager and mm-hmm. Bill's executive. Well, A.J. Smith is Kyle Smith's dad. So he's an apple off the old you know, tree and whatever, and he's tough and steely-minded as well. And he was part of that group that did not want to draft Dwayne Haskins last year. So when you combine all of that and not being able to work together day in, day out in person this offseason as Ron takes over— and Kyle has more power. I think that leaves a lot of questions as to not only Kyle Allen, who you mentioned, but Ron himself on NFL Network last week said the door is not closed on bringing in Cam Newton, which, you know, I mean, listen, <laughs> if that happens, it is going to be one big old circus tent around here. Oh, my gosh. The fireworks are unimaginable. Uh yeah, there's 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 all sorts of talk from the national media about Cam Newton coming to Pittsburgh, which is not going to happen. Right. Uh, but but at the same time, that see that and that's the thing. I thought that was quickly going to happen as soon as Ron Rivera was over there. I was like, well, there goes Cam Newton, and it just hasn't happened yet. Um, I'm very interested to see how that plays. I mean, you saw Kyle Allen go over there. Right. Um, it, it would it would certainly be something if he had it. But let's talk about the other positions that that uh, Haskins or potentially Newton might be working with. Um, you got an interesting offensive line with Morgan Moses and Ryan Scherf, but what's going on with the running back position? Because you still got old man Adrian Peterson, who, who you know puts up a good fight, um, but Darius Geis just he can't get healthy. And then the drafting of, of, of Gibson, who from Memphis, who you know was was slated as both a running back and a wide receiver, and a lot of people weren't knowing how to categorize him. How do how do these guys fill out the backfield or the weaponry? for uh for the court you know to help out with the quarterback situation so it, it's interesting if we're just talking about running backs that's the deepest group on the offense for the mm-hmm. washington redskins uh, i mean unless you're talking about uh quarterback which you, you know, mentioned haskins 
Kyle Allen and maybe, maybe Cam Newton, maybe uh, Alex Smith as well. You know, the Redskins have more depth than people realize. And if you just look at the running back crew, there's some good backs and some dynamic talent there. You, Geis just hasn't been able to stay healthy. He's played four games in two years. I mean, it's all you need to know right there. When he's on the field, he's been dynamic and special. He just hadn't been on the field four games in two years. And they brought in J.D. McKissick, who they can line up as a split wide receiver outside. They can line him up as a running back. They can run all sorts of different looks and packages with him. You mentioned Antonio Gibson, their third round pick. They ran that card to the podium, number 66 overall, a Swiss Army knife. Some people compare him to Christian McCaffrey. Some people compare him uh, to a Marshall Falk type. Uh, before we get there, I, I want to see the kid play in the NFL, but here's what I know. His college tape tells me he breaks a lot of tackles. He's fast as you know what, and he's 225 pounds, so he's not brittle. Um you know, and then you just go further on down the line and you say, well, wait a second. Oh, yeah, they have Adrian Peterson. That guy's going to be in Canton one day. Well, he's going mm-hmm. into the final year of his deal. Some people think they're going to move on from him. I don't. I think that's the kind of guy uh, you want to build a, you know, and establish a culture with. Plus, again, I mentioned Darius Geis. And, hey, they have, you know, Bryce Love. Chris, that he hadn't even practiced once the the former Stanford running back who they had a second round grade on and they got him in the fourth round because he tore up his ACL a year and a half ago. He hasn't even practiced once with them. And now that this strange offseason, but we're not sure if he's even going to be ready when training camp opens. So the Redskins have more depth than people realize and more talent. The big thing for them, they have not been able to stay healthy at all and get this talent together. And then just real quickly on the offensive line, you mentioned Morgan Moses, Brandon Sheriff. Yeah, that's the, I guess, the rock part of the offensive line. They traded Trent Williams, as many people know, uh, last Mm -hmm. week to San Francisco. Left tackle and left guard is certainly going to be a question mark. And they drafted Sadiq Charles to maybe help out with that. Um, so, So definitely a lot of questions there. We'll get more back into the matchups. Uh, with our matchup segment at, towards the end of the podcast. But first, let's cut to a quick break here. We'll come back and we'll have you ask me some questions on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Hey guys, you ever have that problem where you're just trying to get through your day and you need a snack to get you through, but you don't want to go to the vending machine and get you something that's unhealthy? I've got a great option for you, and that's Built Bar. Built Bar are these protein and energy bars that are covered in 100% chocolate, but they're also low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great tasting with 16 different flavors to work your way through. And I know because I've worked my way through quite a few of them already. There are new sponsors here at the pod, at the Locked On Podcast Network, but they've got flavors like double chocolate mousse, banana nut bread, mint brownie delight, raspberry chocolate cream, and so many more. They're, they're great and tasty, they're soft and chewy, and they're great for you. They can also fill you up, make sure that you're satisfied, to help you get throughout your day without consuming a whole bunch of calories. For example, my favorite flavor so far, double chocolate mousse, is only 110 calories, packs 15 grams of protein, 7 grams of fiber, and only 4 grams of sugar and 4 grams of flat fat. And great to the great thing about all of them, they're gluten-free. So try out Built Bars. You can go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON. That's promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. And you'll get $10 off your first order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for that $10 off at BuiltBar.com. You'll get a great tasting snack and you'll feel great after eating them. 
All right, we welcome you back. This is the Locked On Steelers and the Locked On Redskins crossover edition on the Locked On Podcast Network. We continue along. Now we turn the spotlight on the Pittsburgh Steelers. And once again, rejoining us is Chris Carter from Locked On Steelers. We talked about the Redskins last segment, Chris, and now let's turn the page and again talk about the football team you get to cover. And I guess we have to absolutely start with Ben Roethlisberger, who missed much of last uh, season. Uh, the last time I saw him, he looked like, you know, like the guy on the paper towel uh, display, uh, the, the brawny man or whatever, uh, you know, with the big with the big beard or whatever. What's going on with Big Ben? And is he, is he going to be ready for week one, considering that, you know, we don't have an offseason program that anybody can watch him? Well, honestly, it's it's really it's been a, it's been the, the topic in Pittsburgh. Um, one, Ben Roethlisberger basically said after he, he after he got injured that he wasn't going to cut his beard until he threw a football again. And uh, that's become the joke because now he looks like Santa Claus and so many other uh, big bearded characters you could name. Uh, but uh, but yeah, Ben Roethlisberger, one thing that I think that, that, that I always like to clarify with people, he, you know, uh, he had an elbow injury, not a shoulder injury. Shoulder injuries are what are what often doom uh, quarterbacks in, the, in their later age. But elbow injuries are very recoverable from. It's very much related to how pitchers get injured sometimes to get a surgery and you're back in action. And, you know, there's there's some talk that Ben Roethlisberger's arm may be even better than it was over the yeah. than we saw in the past couple years. Simply because there were times I was like, what's going on with Ben? You know, because there were times even then during 2018 when he led the NFL in passing yards. Uh, you know, I, there were times I was like, his deep ball is the same. Um and then, uh, and then you kind of saw at the start of last season that there was still something not there. And then he eventually had to pull himself out of the Seahawks game, and that's when he decided to get the surgery. And they were like, "Okay, we, this has to be a, a year-long thing." Uh, but Ben Roethlisberger, the team has full confidence that he is going to be back in in at full strength. And I, I think they're even thinking that the the fact that this will be the the longest period of time he's had to, had to give his body a rest. Uh, this this could be really beneficial to Roethlisberger because. I mean, you think back to Ben's career, he came in the league taking shots every game. You know, and he, used to, he was that guy, much like how Cam Newton was for, for the Panthers. He would get hit at all sorts, sorts of angles. He'd get no protection from the calls, and he would, he would just not care. He would just keep rocking. He had his nose broken in a game where in a game that he would come back in and throw the game-winning touchdown pass for. Um, you know, he's, he's always been that tough guy. But now you're 38. You, you can't you can't always do that. So he's done a much better job of protecting himself. But now you get you have that along with the year, the year's worth of rest that his body's going to be able to have. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how he integrates back into the offense and the Steelers. They they've been they, they've been kind of making it's making it clear. We're not going for a quarterback, despite what all the national media said. They You know, people were saying, oh, the Steelers are going to sign uh, Andy Dalton or Jameis Winston or Cam Newton. And none of them happened. You know, like, oh, they're going to draft the quarterback. None of them going to happen. Uh, you know, anybody that was in the Steelers locker room or had a beat, you know, you know, source on the Steelers or, you know, covered them locally knew that they weren't going to say it because as soon as the season ended, Tomlin, Colbert and Rooney, the Steelers, the team, the Steelers head coach, GM and owner slash team president all said they are sticking with Ben and they're sticking with Mason Rudolph as their number two for now. Mm -hmm. um, so the quarterback situation, it's a Ben or bust situation here in Pittsburgh. 
Uh, I mean, it's hard to say that's the wrong approach to go about it. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger obviously is going to the Hall of Fame. He's won a couple of Super Bowls, and even though, and I love the fact that you clarified. And you're right. An elbow in in pitching, uh, you know, might be a little bit different uh, than an elbow as a quarterback compared to the shoulder. Uh, and all that. So I love the way you explain that. Let me ask you about the rest of this offense, get a thought on it. Uh, the wide receiver group is fascinating to me. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster going into, I think, the final year of his deal, if memory serves me correct. Of course, thank goodness that the Steelers moved on from Antonio Brown, even though it cost them talent. But then I'm really fascinated by Chase Claypool. I wanted the Redskins to be able to get him. You guys snatched him up middle of the second round, if memory serves me correct. And then mm-hmm. also there's a little Redskins flavor in that room i kill the former redskin position coach <laughs> at wide receiver comes across and i know i fairly well and he's going to do a really really good job i think with that group because he turned you know a couple of young rookies into very productive players uh last year why don't you give me something a little bit about that wide receiver group and how optimistic you are well i mean it was such a tumultuous year because uh, you know, you had you lost Ben Roethlisberger to injury, but even before that, in training camp, they lost their receiver coach yeah. Daryl Drake. Uh, him dying. I mean, and he, what was so sad about that was he died at the facility. Like they, they found him in the morning. Uh, so it, it wasn't like he went to the. Well, he he went to a hospital, and then he said, "I feel fine. I'm gonna go back to camp," and and then he died there. So like, yeah. it. I mean, it was just it was the the saddest situation that I've ever seen at St. Vincent College where the Steelers always go to to training camp um, and it, it was just unbelievable so you start that year off like that and then you lose your quarterback I mean the the receivers it was just such a tumultuous season for them um, and then you had Juju Smith-Schuster get a really rough concussion with a busted knee um, uh, and, and it was all around a very tough year but still even I you know I've been talking about this a lot a lot on the Lockdown Steelers podcast there's talk about how, because there's there's local media people who don't feel that Juju Smith-Schuster is a number one wide receiver or can be a number one wide receiver, despite him being the the youngest receiver to ever total 2,000 yards in the NFL history. Um, I, I fully think that this isn't the last year he's with the Steelers. Uh, if he's not a Steeler for life, I think he's at least here for another year because it, because here's my reasoning. If you look at the people on the Steelers roster, he has the most experience with Ben Roethlisberger. And if Roethlisberger, as he says, is plans to play for two more years, uh, you, then you got to have the guy that he's the most used to on mm-hmm. the roster. Um, unless unless Juju Smith-Schuster has a tank of a year and Deontay Johnson or James Washington step up and have huge years or Chase Claypool does and, and become pure number one wide receivers, I don't see there's any chance that they get rid of him for 2021 uh, and, and and Juju Smith-Schuster, I mean, he's he's been a good contribute, contributor to what the Steelers bring to the table. So many questions, uh, you know, Chris, on the rest of the offense. But I, I, I would be remiss if I don't ask you about the defense, which is what the Steelers have, you know, mostly and usually been identified with and hung their hat on. And, you know, they make the big trade for Minka Fitzpatrick. They let go of Sean Davis, who comes home to Washington and signs a one-year uh, deal. They make that trade again early on last year. Everybody's kind of confused as to why they made it. Uh, but then you have some guys up front, your Cameron Haywards and your TJ Watts and all that. Um, would you say that this defense is – it is a a good defense, a very good defense on paper. Would you say it's a mediocre defense? How would you, uh, I guess, best describe it? More looking forward than more looking in the rearview mirror. 
uh, I, I categorize as a very good defense. Great defenses to me do it over periods of time. It, it's it's longevity that proves great defenses to me, and, and more than just uh, uh, some spark years. But I mean, when you look at how they performed, one, they've led the NFL in sacks for three straight years. But this this past year, it wasn't just they relied on the pass rush because now they've got a pair of cornerbacks and and Steven Nelson and Joe Hayden that they are confident in. They believe in those guys. Uh, and, and, and Hayden had a five interception season. Nelson was, uh, was targeted so, f- so few times because, because he, he was that good. Um, you know, and then, and, and that's been such an upgrade considering the cornerback situation in Pittsburgh for the past several years. Uh, and, Terrell Edmonds has been okay. You know, he could be better at strong safety, but Minka Fitzpatrick was just, I mean, you you don't want to say a godsend, but I mean, that's basically what he was. Uh, When he came to the Steelers secondary in the first game that he plays with them against the Niners, they forced five turnovers. And and he started by, by, by hitting, by hitting, uh, by jumping on a pass that I think that Joe Hayden tipped off. And then he also forced a fumble in that game. That was huge. Um, he, He just, he brings this extra level to, uh, to the to the to the defense that hasn't been there since Troy Polamalu, and that's not just reading what offenses are doing, but making the tackles, making the interceptions, jumping over the plays. Uh, that you know the big play of the year was the pick six he had against the Colts, where he ran it back for a hundred yards. Um, and, and Joe Hayden, like a guy who's you know been a Pro Bowler and All Proler, you know he's a, he's a, he's been a star in the league for a, quite some time. Uh, I was talking to him after the game about how because it was his man that basically. Uh, that Fitzpatrick jumped on and uh, Hayden said he dove for the ball and he real when he realized he didn't touch it he just fell to the ground he thought he gave up a touchdown but he said he looked up and he saw 39 just moving and he said as soon mm-hmm. as he saw it with the ball he just put his fist up because he knew that Minka was going to take him to the house that's the kind of confidence that Minka Fitzpatrick's brought to the table and I haven't even gotten the chance to talk about TJ Watt who had a defensive player of the year type of year um, and Bud Dupree getting that getting double digit sacks for the first time in his career. Uh, those two working in tandem and Cam Hayward being an all pro interior defensive lineman. I mean, you, you could say over the past two years, the only person better than him that's, you know, for sure has been Aaron Donald. He could be, he's right in the line with everyone else. Uh, you know, like Fletcher Cox in, in that conversation uh, and Stefan to it, if he can stay healthy, he, he's a, he's a, he's a really, he, he was looking even better than Cam Hayward before he got hurt last year. So th- they've got, Weapons of plenty, and I, I didn't even get to bring up Devin Bush. But it's got weapons of plenty um, on defense now. It's uh, it, it's a lot to ask for. Now I will say they've got depth issues behind De- Devin Bush. You know they've got only all they really got is this is Gilbert at that position, and behind behind Minka Fitzpatrick and Terrell Edmonds at safety, they're very thin as well. But uh, starters wise, that this defense is is ready to have a very good season. Uh, so many more questions. I will try and get to some more of them in the matchup segment that we have to finish up the show here. But that's that's a real good, scary look at the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. Uh, no doubt about it. And I think you hit the descriptions uh, right on the head. All right, we'll come back and we'll wrap this up right here on the crossover Wednesday. Yeah, this is when we normally do it. The crossover Wednesday <laughs> edition of Locked on Steelers. Locked on Redskins, uh, we have Chris Carter and I'm Chris Russell. Good to have you with us right here on LOR and LLOS. Hey, everybody. Mother's Day is around the corner, and that's the Super Bowl for moms everywhere, which means we got to be up on our game to get them the best gift possible. Well, I've got a great idea for you with our new sponsor here on the Locked On Podcast Network, and that's the newest book from Alka Joshi, The Henna Artist. The Henna Artist is a book that will allow your mother to travel in her mind to exotic India 
sample the food, and laugh at the perils of raising a teenager in 1950s India through the new book, The Henna Artist. This book was Reese Witherspoon's book club pick for the month of May. Anytime in May, post a picture of your mom and you holding the ebook or book on your Instagram or Facebook and tag the author at the Alka Joshi. That's at the A L K A J O S H I. And a donation for four meals per post, up to 10,000 meals, will go to Feeding America, which is very important charity at this point in time, you all. So, guys and gals, Buy the Henna Artist today from Alka Joshi. You can buy this anywhere at your favorite booksellers, including Barnes and Noble, Amazon, Walmart, Costco, and Target, and make mom the ultimate winner in your family. And we are back. I'm Chris Carter with the Locked On Steelers here with Chris Russell of Locked On Redskins, and it's continuing and we're finishing up uh, the crossover episode between our between our, our shows here. Uh, Chris, let's get into some interesting matchups that could happen between these two teams when they do meet up in this season. Now, the schedule is supposed to release be, re- be released tomorrow and Thursday, so uh, that'll be interesting. We'll finally know when these two teams will play along with the rest of the league. But I- I'm interested to hear your take in how these receivers are going to play out this year because the Steelers secondary, this is arguably the best it's been since mm-hmm. the 2008 years when they had Polamalu and Ryan Clark and Ike Taylor and Deshae Townsend. Um, but I like the situation that, the, that that Washington has with their wide receivers. If it, it, even if Gibson is, is turns out to be more of a running back type, you still got you, you still got Terry McLaurin, who I loved yep. Um, yep. Come, playing playing wide receiver. And my ultimate sleeper at wide receiver was Antonio Gandy Golden. I was hyping this guy up to Steelers fans for weeks. I was saying like, yo, man, if you can get this guy in the fourth round, it's such a steal. Um, and, and just I loved the way he played at West Liberty. I mean, he was just going up and snagging one-handed catches mm-hmm. left and right. Um, what's your feel about how they've got a super young wide receiver room here and how they'll be able to work uh, with, with the quarterback situation because the Steelers cor- cornerbacks, they're physical and, and they like to get, they like to get dirty. It is. And I think it's going to be a fascinating matchup on paper. It should be the best matchup, but you know, I mean, you just mentioned a lot of the key participants and I, I do think the Redskins are going to be able to make some plays even as good as that Steeler secondary is. But he, here's the thing that I, I guess I would say that that dampens my excitement, enthusiasm uh, for this matchup. Chris is assuming that some of the guys that you mentioned in our last segment, your Cam Haywards, your TJ Watts, you know, assuming that the Steeler pass rush is what it normally is and is as good as it normally is. That's what I think is going to deny us the opportunity to see this really good matchup kind of be maybe not a 50-50, but kind of not be what it could be in terms of the talent and depth of both units. Because I think Dwayne Haskins is going to struggle once again with pass rush. And when you struggle with pass rush, you have to you know play the dump off the check down game. You have to run the ball a little bit more. You have to do the quick passing game. And to me, that I think is going to deny us a little bit of fun on whatever day these two teams play. So I do think it'll be a good matchup. I do think it's a good young wide receiver group. The Redskins, interestingly enough, tried to spend a lot of money on Amari Cooper and then wound up signing Cody Latimer uh, from the Giants, who's bounced Mm -hmm. around, and then also drafting your guy, Antonio Gandy-Golden. And I told you in the last segment, I wanted the guy that you guys wound up with with Chase Claypool, (laughs) and you wanted the guy that we wound up with over here in uh, AGG, who can solve a Rubik's Cube in less than a minute. So it should be a fascinating matchup. 
Sure, certainly should be. Uh, another aspect to talk about here, I think, is also interesting because you guys got a couple former Steelers that you brought on for defense. One, John Bostic at linebacker, yeah. but also Sean Davis at safety, who basically goes back home. He he loves he loves Washington. He played he for them. And uh, and in his uh, last year or two years ago, when uh, when twenty one opened up because Joe Hayden switched to twenty three, uh, he switched to twenty one because he said he wanted to honor. Uh, the the late great Sean Taylor. Uh, he, so he is very fond, uh, as you just yeah. alluded to, of Sean Taylor. No doubt, it means a lot to him to come home. Um, here's the thing that I don't know, and maybe you can help me out with this. You know, is like what I've seen on tape is he's a bad tackler. Now, yeah. I, I mean, I know he can play in space. I know he's got range, and I know he's going to be the best Redskins free safety in those areas, probably since Sean Taylor. But I don't know if, A, he's going to be able to recover from the injury that knocked him out of most of last year. And even when he was healthy or right or whatever, I did see him miss a lot of tackles. Am I missing anything here? So the biggest thing with Sean Davis, and I can tell you because I, I got I asked him a lot of questions while he was in Pittsburgh. I, I get, get in the locker room. I pick his brain. The guy is very smart at, at, at communicating and keeping the defense together. When he was the when he was a, a rookie and a second year player to, as a strong safety with Mike Mitchell being the signal caller in the secondary, the Steelers would give him a lot of big plays. When he switched into that role. That stopped, and that was because he was able to say, hey, we're locking this down. We're making sure this guy's in the right spot. Everyone's going to be in a much better communicating situation than, than they are right now. Mm. Um, and John Davis really helped that with the Steelers. But the problem that he does have is, one, he isn't a great tackler, and, two, he's not this supreme guy that's going like, to ball hawk for you in, in the back of the secondary. Now, if he, if a ball's thrown in his direction and he's there, right. he, he'll, he'll make a play on it. He's, he made a couple of big interceptions for the Steelers, a five in total in his career. Um, but – uh, it, it, he's more of a guy that he it's, it's about keeping everyone else balanced for you. Um, and he does have the size to do it. But also another thing to know about Sean Davis is that he in Pittsburgh was always being bounced around his rookie year. He played a lot of slot his second, his second year. He played a lot of strong safety. His third year, he played some free safety. And then his fourth year, he got hurt. So, I mean, he was, he, he kept being switched around. He never found a home. And every time you started to think that, Oh, maybe he will, there'd be a switch or they would do right. something else. And uh, and ultimately, when he got that injury and the Steelers traded for Minka Fitzpatrick, that was it. Um, and I just I you know I feel I feel bad for for the for the guy because I've seen him make very good uh, reads and plays and and see things that that are that are very just football one on one I just IQ wise. I think he's got that there for you guys. And him and Landon Collins could be a very good one two punch at safety and over the middle, which could pose a interesting matchup with the Steelers because now. They've got Eric Ebron at tight end, yep. and with yep. with Ebron and McDonald, and you still got Claypool and Juju and Ben Roethlisberger might be looking down the field, and you might be seeing a lot of these big guys at safety, tight end, and wide receiver lining up with each other. And, and there, you know, and and just like the the matchup that I feared, and and the problems that we may not be able to reap the true benefits, you know, the Redskins' pass rush is not going to be easy to deal with when you're talking about yeah. Chase Young, you're yeah. talking about Montez Sweat, you're talking about Ryan Kerrigan, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, Matt Ionitis. I mean, the Redskins I, I, are, yeah, the Redskins are seven deep, uh, strong, not just deep, 
strong on the defensive line as they convert to a 4-3. And in addition to Rivera, they added Jack Del Rio. Uh, now, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens whenever this matchup is and who's available uh, and who's healthy. I mean, obviously, Pittsburgh will have a little bit of an advantage uh, in that it's at, at Heinz Field, but it would be a big advantage here anyway because there would be 50,000 Steeler fans. Well, but I also say it'll be interesting. That makes it an interesting matchup for the offensive line because Villanueva did not have his best year last year. Um, and people are wondering about his status and at right tackle, they're most likely going to move the guy who played right tackle Matt Filer last year to play left guard because he played, he did that against Aaron Donald and kind of held his ground last year mm. um, and they, and Ramon Foster retiring. So that means they're either going to get uh Chikuma Okorafor who's a, who'll be a third year player uh, stepping into the right tackle spot, or Zach Banner, who's bounced around the league a little bit, um, but he really stepped up as their sixth offensive lineman last year. So that could be a, a major weapon for, for for Washington when these two teams play. Uh, if Chase, especially if Chase Young is getting getting his chances, um, picking at the Steelers' tackles might be a, a really strong advantage for for Washington if they if they get their pass rush going. No doubt about it. And you know, one last subplot that I'll just throw in here. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like covering the Redskins as long as I have. Uh, And he's been gone a number of years in Pittsburgh. uh, And I'm not sure what Pittsburgh fans think of. But I I love Danny Smith, special teams coordinator for the Steelers. So it's, you know, like that's my guy. I I love Danny. I mean, I'm not saying he's the best coach in the world or the perfect special teams. But so it's always going to be interesting for me when these two organizations uh, meet up and I see Danny Smith with a big old wad of bubble gum in his mouth uh, and doing his thing on the sidelines. Nobody chews bubble Bubblegum like Danny Smith, man. <laughs> and, and, and I got to say, he is a heck of an addition to the team. He gets a lot of flack uh, from Steelers fans because they haven't had a return game outside of Antonio Brown. Um, but you look at Danny Smith, before he came to town, the Steelers were giving up so many long punt returns and kick returns and touchdowns on special teams. And that has become such a a, 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 a muted point. It, it's, not a, it's not a thing anymore for the Steelers. And it's because he tests the players at all times. Like when we're at St. Vincent training at, at, at training camp at, at St. Vincent College, the players will be walking around the campus, you know, after practice, going to dinner, and, and I'll, we'll walk past them, and Coach Smith will just look at him and like, hey, what do you do here? Boom, 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 boom. And he, like, spits, like, like three <laughs> different things at him, and they got to answer him. Otherwise, you know, he's going to be making them run later. Um, it's uh, That's you know, my guy, Danny, for sure. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he's the man. Chris, this was a lot of fun. Uh, I'm glad that we got to do this. I'm looking forward to getting to do this again during the season. Can you let everyone know where they can find more of your work? Yes, sir, Chris. Uh, absolutely a pleasure to be with you. Uh, so obviously the Lockdown Redskins podcast, which is you know available via download and all the traditional uh, spots, iTunes, Spotify, Megaphone, all that, wherever you download Locked on Steelers, you could also probably uh, do the same with Locked on Redskins as well. I write for SI.com uh, and do video features for them. It's called RedskinsReport.com under the SI umbrella. And then uh, on the radio in the Washington, D.C. area, and really nationally, I guess through radio, Com, but on 106.7 The Fan in the Washington, D.C. area. I know we have a lot of Steelers fans uh, in the D.C. metropolitan area, so if you guys ever want to talk some Steelers football, we'll certainly be willing to do it. And Chris, you know, we'll have, hopefully, uh, if he's available, we'll have him on the radio, and we'll do another crossover edition of the podcast uh, when we get that regular season matchup. 
Absolutely. And you guys can find me on Twitter by following me at Carter Critiques. If you follow me, I will follow you back. Hit me with at hit me with them. Always did a chat with chat with people. Don't be afraid to ask questions about anything with football or anything like that. Um, you can also join the Locked On Steelers Facebook group by searching Locked On Steelers. You can join it. We have over 550 lo- loyal Locked On listeners always chatting it up every day uh, in a very friendly Steelers group. Uh, Chris, thanks again for doing a great show tomorrow. We both got more crossover shows as we finish it up with our Thursday edition. Absolutely. Thanks, Chris.